Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And it has a hundred laughs a day Charlotteans stuck at work each day Hear them talk about the teens And there's a host who's really slimmed down And he tells about Boom Boom Town They say, Wilson, thanks for coming around We sure won't forget this time But Baker said, Wilson, why you leaving? That was an abbreviated good morning because T-Bone about decapitated me on my final show here. It was and all in the name of donuts. That's the only way the Nick Wilson show can end is me dying over donuts. That was the hack song of the week. Uh, the uh, is it is it Brandy by Through the Looking Glass homage? We got uh, three more listens to that at 11, at noon, and at 1.40, but on the final Nick Wilson show in the history of Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Hacksaw, is in studio and sweating profusely. Yes. <laughs> so I'm used to, usually uh, the Hogfather sits out and kind of watches our response to this. But having two of you, uh, I think we finally found something that might make me nervous. I felt like a monkey in a zoo for a minute. That was awesome. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well, my guy. Uh, welcome into the show. You're going to hear from Hacksaw a bit today. Uh, Itty Bitty Fitty is in studio as well. We've got uh, so much on today's show to get to we got trevor sycama uh, of the draft exchange podcast at 11 we got the gold brick ceremony at 11 40 at uh, 12 40 we're gonna get into the five questions my five burning questions and then darren gant joins us at one o'clock but send in your grades on the hack song of the week and from florida saying i love 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 this hack song timing a little off yes <laughs> it's as if hacksaw went back to the well and went right back to, because you've started to figure out the timing issues, and you were like, nope, this time I'm going to do a traditional hack song where I don't know where I should start or end singing. I mean, I can't do the final hack song as good. That's, that's <laughs> true. If it was flawless, I, I yeah. might have to stay around so yeah. that I can, like, uh, I got to stay till next week because <laughs> got to listen to another disaster here. And I thought the only way, because I don't think I've shared the story on air in a minute, and I'm glad that Hacky's here because he can help retell the story. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad Itty Bitty Fitty uh, has, is here because he could react to this story for the first time on air. He's heard it like 12 times since he started uh, nine months ago. But I thought the only way to begin the end of the Nick Wilson show in Charlotte 
was to talk about the beginning of the beginning of Nick Wilson in Charlotte. And I don't know if anybody remembers this listening, but I had a three-day tryout uh, back in July. Uh, no, 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 no. It, the tryout was actually early June of 2018. And one day I worked solo, one day I worked with Jason Goff, who's up in Chicago, and the other day I worked with Fleet. And so they were just trying out different radio partnerships, neither of whom ended up being my, my first partner in Charlotte, which was Josh Parcell. But uh, I, you guys, at the time, my girls were like, I think my oldest daughter was eight, my youngest, I think, were like four. So I never got a chance to go out. And so I remember telling, uh, you know, Hacksaw, who was named that week. That's where the Hacksaw moniker came from, was from my tryout here on this station. Because he, he walked like a, cross, like a cross between Hacksaw Jim Duggan and uh, Sasquatch. Like in, the, like in the videos that you see where like he's swinging his arms and looks back like, what are you looking at? That's what Hacksaw walks like. Anyways, I, you know, Rex Specs was here. Billy DeMarlin was here. And I, I was like, guys, I never get out. All right. So I need you guys to, to introduce me to Charlotte. Which, of course, like, there's nothing they could have showed me that, of all the things that, like, young men want to do, that, like, hey, uh, let we got to take an uptown cab so that everybody knows, so that you know you can bring your family here, right? Like, they, there was, they weren't going to show me any family activities. Anyways, so uh, Hackshaw very uh, astutely said, what do you like to do? And I'm like, I love playing the old 16-bit uh, arcade games and, and drinks. I love barcades. Mm -hmm. And Hacksaw was like, cool. So Hacksaw and Rexbeck take me to this place. I can't remember where it uh, was. Palmer Street. On Palmer Street. And we get up there. It's like, what, eight? What yeah. time? It's like eight o'clock at night. <laughs> and this guy comes out. He's like, yeah, we're closed. And I was like so thrown off. That was like my first moment of Charlotte. <laughs> I was like, places close around eight around here? It's the middle of the friggin' week. What are we doing? So Hacksaw, because I was like crestfallen. And Hacksaw, the thing you you cannot in any way disappoint people. You hate it. You hate to disappoint people. Absolutely. <laughs> so so Hacksaw goes, I know of a place. And we're like, okay, where is it? And he's like, well, okay, it just opened up. It's over by McCoy's, right? Yeah. It, and it's over by where my uh, the, the hotel I was staying at was. And he's like, you know, it's called... Video bar and lounge. And the first thing I said to him was, is this a swingers bar? And he said, no, no, it's a video bar in lounge. Like, don't be weird about it. They've got video games. I'm like, have you ever been there? And your answer was? Uh, no. He had not been. <laughs> right, that, that's a really funny answer when you start to realize the details, because there was some uncertainty in that. Oh, yeah. no. And so we, we head over down that way and we get there. And it is in like one of those older shopping centers, and it's 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 uh, glass wall to wall from from floor to ceiling, but half of the glass is blacked out. And I and me and Rex Specs are looking at each other, and we go, Hacksaw, are you sure this isn't a swingers or a porn club? To which you said, No, I mean, there's no way it could be. No, no, you didn't <laughs> just say no. You got downright pissed at us. Yeah. You, it was the first hacksaw meltdown. I, think I, said, I guess I don't know how to do anything. Yeah, I guess you don't believe me. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm just lying here. Okay, I'm just a big old idiot. So, <laughs> so we start walking up. And the closer we get, I reaffirm. I'm like, hacksaw, is this a porn club? Are we going to walk in and some seedy things are going to happen? And again, 
even angrier than the first time. <laughs> like, why don't you just trust me? I met you 24 hours ago, bro. <laughs> uh, and so we we go to walk in, and as I step up, I'm the only one that can see above the blacked out area of the window. And the first thing I see is is a disco ball. Mm -hmm. And and now my spidey senses be tingling. All right, now, uh, uh, something is up here. This is, I'm not going to walk in and there's Pac-Man on the corner. Like, I'm not going to have a best score here in the way we want to have a best score at a barcade. And so we walk in and Hacksaw walks in first, Rex Specs is second, and then I'm the caboose. All right? And so we walk in and all of a sudden beyond, I see, once I get in, I see beyond the crystal ball is, our crystal ball, whatever the hell they call those things, uh, the, the disco ball. Beyond that is a screen where it's just Kylie Minogue being played. <laughs> and so, again, the spidey senses be tingling. Okay? And then I'm starting to look around. And, and I like it is a slow and dawning comprehension about the, the bar we walk into. And I'm kind of taking in everything, right? And I look at Hacksaw. In Hacksaw, his shoulders are facing forward towards the bar. And somehow his neck is craned back to me. <laughs> and there's a look of absolute horror on his face. And I look beyond that hor horrified look. And on the far wall, there's a giant P flag. And it was the moment that confirmed to me that we were an LGBTQ-friendly uh, bar. And... I looked at Hacksaw, who was mortified, <laughs> mortified, and Rex Specs, who was mortified. They were embarrassed that I asked for a night out on the town, and they took me to a gay bar. And I found this to be the funniest thing ever. And so I looked at them, and just real quiet, walked up to him and I said, just so you know, we're not leaving until I'm the mayor of this bar. And Hacksaw had the best response. I can't remember what Rex Beck said. Hacksaw was just like, I know. <laughs> it was, I it was totally, it was defeated. He knew that Big Daddy had found, because one, we we're going to talk about it the next day yeah. on the air, which we absolutely did. So anyways, we sit down, we order drinks, and I just set apart, I just set about meeting everybody in the bar. Because <laughs> Hacksaw and, and Rex Beck were just glued to their chair. I mean, just could not move, especially Rex Specs. Hacksaw, I think you were more mortified at the situation, not necessarily the circumstance of being in the bar. Rex Specs was very uncomfortable to be in this bar. But my favorite part is literally while you're like introducing yourself to everyone, you're just waving back and just go, hey guys, say hi to my new friend. So, so that's great. So we, I start to meet people, including there was a guy, he kind of looked like Cam from uh, from Modern Family, but with like a, like a mustache or a goatee. And I walk up. And I'm like, hi, I'm Nick. And he goes, uh, hi, I'm, it's either Eric. I think it's Eric. Hi, I'm Eric. And I was like, oh, cool. What do you do? And he goes, I play the organ in church. And my response was, <laughs> they let you do that? And this dude went from very happy to meet me to very upset with my presence in the universe very quickly. And he was just like, yes. So, <laughs> so I went around. We had been there probably an hour Right, maybe a little bit more than an hour. And we we're just hanging out, talking to the bartender and, you know, getting everybody's story. The bartender had moved to Charlotte for love. And it was it was just uh, there. Honestly, if you haven't been to Bar Argonne and uh, whether you're a member of the LGBT community or not, it's a great bar. It's very friendly, very nice people. Very nice. 
And so at this point, Billy DeMarlin had joined us and we tried to like, we tried to, to, to sneak it on Billy DeMarlin to see what his reaction was. But Billy's uh, spidey senses might be the only one in this building stronger than mine because he was like, yeah, there's a porn. That's a porn joint. There's no way. And so then he was kind of relieved when he got here and it was only, quote unquote, an LGBTQ community bar. He so, walks through and he just shrugs his shoulders. He's like, oh, eh, right. Billy, <laughs> Billy and Nick Wilson are so alike in this sense. Billy was just like, all right, yeah, give me a drink. Like, I'm, I'm totally comfortable here. So anyways, we're getting ready to leave the bar. And Hacksaw and Rex Specs are, have finally kind of relaxed a little bit. And there was one person. And I don't know what made me do this because I had already kind of made my point. I had already had my fun. But I was like, well, uh, there's one person out on the patio and I, I haven't said hi to him. So I was being incredibly literal on the idea of I'm going to meet everybody at this bar. And so I go outside, just me, and I go, hey, my name's Nick. And he goes, hi, I, I'm Alejandro. And I'm like, uh, good to meet you. He goes, I want you to know you have the most beautiful eyes. And I was like. Oh, thank you, man. Because like in my head, I'm like, what kind of person would I be if that made me uncomfortable? Just take the compliment. He's like, no, 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 no. Your friends are crap. He didn't say crap. He's like, your friends, they're, they're not good looking. He's like, but you walk into the bar and your eyes light up the joint. And again, my my thinking was, if I allow this to make me uncomfortable, then I'm kind of, you know, doing what I'm making fun of, Ryan and Rex Specs in, in Hacksaw 4. And... So I sat down. We started having a conversation. He was great. His name was Alejandro. He worked in retail. He was visiting. He was moving uh, from Char or from Atlanta to Charlotte. He was a really great guy. And uh, so let's just say, we, like 15 minutes in, Billy thought I needed rescuing. So Billy came out to save me. And then Billy sat down, and hell, he loved Alejandro, too. Alejandro was like the nicest dude in the world. And so after another 15 minutes, we finally, I got to go back. I got to get some sleep for the show the next morning. And uh, Alejandro is like a little, a little sad. And I was like, hey, don't be sad. I'm sure we'll see each other around. And he throws up his hands. Now, I'm from Ohio. All right. When, when somebody, everybody hugs in Ohio yeah. for like the dumbest thing. It's like, oh, it's snowing. Let's hug. <laughs> so I thought nothing of it. And so I hug him and I felt a kiss on the nape of my neck. Now we had finally reached my comfort level. <laughs> and that's so the comfort level. I, I kind of, I, I, I like moved to the side. I'm like, thank you very much. Trying to be gracious about it. And then not deterred, Alejandro rubs my belly. Does a belly rub. It was his last. He's the only move he had left. There were two moves. Rub the belly, grab the junk. And he went the gentlemanly way, must I say, of rubbing my belly. And so I was like, yep, thank you. Meanwhile, Billy behind me goes for the big hug. Goes for the big hug. No kiss. No belly rub for Billy. And we're walking out. And I just owned it. I was just like, so that dude totally kissed me and, and tried to make a pass at me. And Billy was like, yeah, I wasn't going to say that, Bleep, but that totally happened. So that was my introduction to Charlotte. So that is my uh, Charlotte origin story. So with that in mind, because we're going to react to that as we go on here, I want to know what are your favorite origin stories in sports. We're going to get to that. Again, if you guys missed it at the beginning of the show, Trevor Sikama joins us at 11, the Gold Brick Ceremony at 1140. Five questions coming up at 1240. And then at 1, it is Darren Gant. More of the hack song. More of you. It is hashtag shut it down, the final show 
of the Nick Wilson Show in Friday. More to come on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. So we're talking about the favorite origin stories of all time. Because I shared my Charlotte origin story when I was on a tryout in Hacksaw. Took me to a LGBTQ uh, bar. And how uh, I, I, I sensed that they were uncomfortable. Uh, I have many family members, many friends in the LGBTQ community, and I am not uncomfortable in that setting. And so I set out to become the mayor of that bar. So then we were asking for your guys' uh, your favorite origin stories in sports. Because we get this crap all the time in movies. Like, you can't do a new Marvel series without giving us the origin stories. Like, or or uh, it's really just any comic book movie because comic books love to give you the origin stories. DJ Cahoots, though, saying my very first FNZ experience was when I tuned in uh, when Nick was ragging on Hacksaw for getting conned at $100 by some guy named Cooper Raycom. So if you have, not only do are we asking you guys for the best origin stories in sports, your favorite stories, because I felt that was a good way to celebrate the end of the show, was talking about the journey in general, but also talking about other fun stories involving athletes and success and all this. But if you have your very own Nick Wilson or Nick Wilson show, Wilson and Parcel, Wilson and Norfleet, whichever iteration of the show you've been here for, if you have your uh, Nick Wilson show or Nick Wilson-based origin story, send those in as well on the Garage Door Guru text line. But, but it's funny because there are a lot of great origin stories in sports. Uh, anybody fitty mentioned a couple that he liked. I know, uh, the hog father had one this morning, you know, the one, and I don't know the people are going to let me do this. One of my favorite origin stories in sports is actually the rocks because he was like kind of a troubled kid. Um, he, he moved around a lot as a young man. Um, he had kind of a pardon the pun or don't pardon it. It's my last day, a rocky relationship with his dad. <laughs> I deserve that. But uh, but then he, uh, the way he got into football, which eventually got him into the University of Miami, and then he went to the CFL, and then he ended up being broke and starting in the WWE. But the way his athletic career started was, uh, you know, his dad was a professional wrestler, and some of the coaches and in, in wrestlers were egging him on that they couldn't come into the uh, the amateur, the high school wrestling as like a 14-year-old and do anything, and he went in, whooped everybody's butt, and walked out. Like, just, just beat everybody, pinned everybody quickly. And then that begat the coaches coming to him and saying, well, why don't you come play football as well? I just always thought that was a cool story of a kid who, like, everybody thinks of The Rock as, well, your dad was a pro wrestler, you were a pro wrestler. That dude, not only is he really super cool, uh, like, uh, just seems like a nice, genuine guy, but I love that origin story from The Rock. So send it on in here, 704-570-9610. Hunter saying Evan Gaddis has the best origin story in spo uh, sports. Started off as a janitor because he didn't want to play baseball anymore. Decides to play again. Becomes a legend uh, in Mexico as El Oso Blanco. Oh, gosh, I, I really do need a, me a Mexican nickname, a Mexican baseball nickname. Uh, El Grande Oso. Uh, signs with the Braves and hits a homer in his first MLB uh, at bat. So continue to send in your uh, best origin stories in sports. Do I get away? I know if I go to Hacksaw, I know Hacksaw's going to say I'm going to get away with that origin story. 
because he likes professional wrestling. MFA. Do I get away with using The Rock as one of my favorite sports origin stories? Not off the not off the rip, no. Why? Because look, we discussed many times that The Rock is chach. Mm -hmm. He's an overrated actor, uh -huh. an overrated wrestler, mm -hmm. an overrated human being. That means his origin story is overrated. Okay, but it should have been LeBron from you, like. Do four hours of Homer Radio. This is your farewell. Well, LeBron is the easy one. Of course, LeBron is one of the best origin stories in sports. And if you haven't seen it, uh, if you haven't heard about it, where the hell have you been for the last 20 years? Under it's, a, a it, rock? Okay, you're going to boo me for the Rocky relationship joke, and then you're going to do that crap on the airwaves? <laughs> Bygoma to you. That's the first of the last Bygomas on air. Bygoma to you for that absolute nonsense. The first so, of many. I wasn't asking whether you liked the story or you liked the rock. I was asking, does it count as a sports origin story? Because technically, his path to the WWE and then Hollywood did start by being a great Miami Hurricane back in the, the peak era of the Miami Hurricanes. That's what I was asking for. And then you had to go all chotch because this is the six degrees of itty bitty fitty sports hate <laughs> that like he will find a way to hop, skip and jump. If he just doesn't like somebody, and he does it with LeBron. I'm surprised he didn't do it there. You let me down. Oh, we, we but, got three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll do this. If he hates somebody, he'll find a way to turn it into. All right. So Seabiscuit won the uh, the, the tournament, the you know, triple crown winner. But Seabiscuit is I don't like biscuits. And also horses are overrated out. <laughs> Uh, you, you have the six degrees of your hatred that go on there. Uh, couch Coach Kyle saying, uh, El Grande Papi uh, for my uh, Mexican baseball nickname. The Michael Orr stuff, the Michael Orr stuff, that, that is one of the best stories. Like that movie, probably a little overrated. Can I say that? Can I say the blind side's a little overrated, but while also saying that the Michael Orr story itself is underrated? Uh-oh. The antenna, the antennas are up. The spidey senses are up there. Look, Sandra Bullock, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. No, whoa, she makes the movie. The movie uh, itself, not all that great. That woman, blonde, for two and a half hours. So uh, it's okay. Wait. All right. So we're not even talking about her acting performance. It's just she looks good in that. So it's a better movie than I'm saying it is. Yes, she's blonde in that movie. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, the the crossover, the concentric circles about things that work for you on Pornhub and things that work for you in just the movie theater is really unsettling for me here. Uh, 704 number saying, uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, Michael Jordan, absolutely. It's so ironic that Michael and MJ, there's this perpetual thing of Michael versus MJ. Um, but they have two of the best origin stories. And here's the guy. Here, here's another one. Giannis. Giannis being, uh, you know, a kid who did not grow up in the best circumstances in in Greek, his family immigrating to Greece. That's what it is. It's not great. I meant to say he is Greek. I know it wasn't great. That was the origin story of that origin story was not great by me. But Giannis going all the way from a kid that was like, I remember that draft and Giannis began that draft cycle is undraftable. And he went all the way to the 15th pick. And you got to understand Eight, nine years ago was still a point where Euros and European uh, prospects were still incredibly divisive. I still think they're pretty uh, incredibly divisive. People had not gotten over Nicolas Skitsavili just yet or Jan Vasili just yet. And for him to go out and go from the 15th pick in the NBA draft, considering where he grew up, 
the fact that we don't have a lot of uh, seven foot one, 250 pound Greek freaks coming out and going into the NBA. And then for him to not just win an NBA title, but win multiple MVPs. I, I think Giannis probably deserves a place in this conversation as well with with truly great origin stories. Keep sending them in there, 704-570-9610. Again, I shared my Charlotte origin stories, Hacksaw and Rex Specs unwittingly taking me to a, a, a LGBTQ community bar and uh, a dude kissing me. If you didn't hear it, WFNZ.com for the full hours, bits, and interviews. Uh, so that happened. Uh, but we're asking for your best origin stories in sports. But we're going to do this. He called yesterday to say goodbye. Now he's calling with a question, uh, and the long goodbye continues with a good man, uh, a loyal FNZ listener, longtime FNZ host, great charlatan, great dog dad as well. Jim Selenia on the guest line. What's up, buddy? Hey, now, I, got, I hate to say this is the last time we'll talk because I might be lying. But uh, anyway, uh, I got two questions for you. The first one is for Eddie, and you can a you can answer this question after I get off, Eddie, because I got a question for Nick, a resounding question. Anyway, uh, is the gold brick history, uh, will it continue? <clears throat> like I said, you can answer that after I get off. Now, Nick, uh, yeah, I'd hate to think this is the final gold brick. Yeah, it's, somebody should get it. Anyway, uh, Nick, here's the question for you. Mm -hmm. uh, okay? Uh, I know you like to play what ifs. If you were gay... And if Hacksaw, if, if Hacksaw were gay, would you two be married? I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. We're know. we're the same type. We're bears. Yeah. I'm like a, I don't know what they call I don't know what they call super bears, but I'm like I'm like a super bear. I'm like a bear on steroids. All right, I'm I'm six foot four, broad shoulders, you know, beard, whatnot. I'm a little bit more of an athletic frame. I don't think we'd be this. I, I mean, I'm sure bear. I actually know for a fact. My buddy Eric is a bear, and he's married to another bear. But I don't think if I, if I was gay, I don't think I'd be into to to other bears. I I, I like well, really. Bears mate. But I bears mate. They hate me. <laughs> I'd like to point out, Jimmy. I am aware that bears mate. <laughs> so. Yes, that is a fact that you shared on the air here. I, the point I was trying to make before. You went there. Was that? Um, oh God! What was the point I was trying to make? Oh, that I am into uh, very feminine women. So I'm assuming that would be the same thing if I were uh, a member of the LGBTQ community. So again, it's nothing against hacksaw. You're a fine-looking bear. All right, you're fine. You're okay. Thank you. All right. Now, now here's the thing. Itty bitty fitty. Does that because you have a jealousy issue with hacksaw? It's a big brother, little brother thing going on here. Does that make you feel better about mine and Hackshaw's relationship, radio relationship, that if we were gay, we would not be together? Yeah, because then that means that, you know, you would still be committed to me. Now, mind you, <laughs> y'all would be uh, very cute together. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely stand you. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, Trophy Husband saying twink is the word you're looking for. Yes, I think I would probably be more into twinks in the question that Jim Selania gave to us in relation to the first story about Bar Argon being the first uh, establishment that I stepped foot in inside. You know what? Maybe go ahead. 
Uh, we don't normally do this, but since we don't have a Friday show next week, I think that I think that has to go on our gold brick. That has to go as one of our final gold brick uh, submissions. I think Stanford P sent that in as well. Uh, when Jim Selenia said, because uh, Bears mate, I think that has to that that needs to be a part of the final gold brick <laughs> ceremony coming up in just one hour's time. We're continuing on. Uh, as I venture into Coach K territory with the longest goodbye in the history of radio, uh, what or who in sports has the best origin story? There's one Carolina one we haven't mentioned that absolutely has to be mentioned. That's next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. So we got to tell on ourselves here for a minute. Uh, we're asking you guys, as I started the show with my Charlotte origin story, which is going to Bar Argon with the fellas and get a little peck on the cheek from old Alejandro. And so when we, I, I, I was asking this to the guys before the show. Uh, the Hogfather w was like insistent on Bronco Mendenhall. And I was like, I have no found, foundational knowledge of the beginnings of Bronco Mendenhall. <laughs> The Hogfather, mere moments after Jim Selenia, damn near ended the show three and a half hours earlier. Uh, the Hogfather comes in and is like, so it was Bronco Nagurski. <laughs> so with a little difference, a little difference between Bronco Mendenhall and Bronco Nagurski, about 80 years or so. And I, so I have read, the cool thing about Bronco Nagurski is that uh, his, a lot of his story has, has come from myth. Like, that is a guy that, that played sports in the 1900s that we don't really know a lot of. Babe Ruth was really open about his story as an orphan and then becoming, you know, Babe Ruth. And then we know what happened with Babe and the, the babes and the booze and everything, the cigars. With Bronco Nagurski, he didn't talk about himself. He was a, he was a, a European immigrant who didn't like talking about himself. So I think Bronco Nagurski absolutely belongs in this conversation about uh, best origin stories in sports. I don't know about Bronco Mendenhall, though. I, I, so if anybody's got a good word, if Bronco, if you're listening, because I know I'm sure he's a big fan. Uh, he's got time on his hand after leaving Virginia. Uh, there's a big, a lot of Cavaliers in this city, from what I've heard, from at least one who. Uh, here's another one. F.A. Obata, and a few people put this out there. On Twitter, and I actually think F.A. Obata's life should be a movie. That's not hyperbole. Um, and for, to have him tell it, that he was an orphan, his family had immigrated into London, uh, his parents, he was separated from his parents, and he ended up as an orphan in effectively child slavery. And... He was kind of a troubled young man and got discovered walking past a field where guys were playing American football because he's six foot five, 250 pounds at the time, 240 pounds at the time. And he took that into a spot in, you know, playing in an international league to an international exemption to being on an NFL roster to now. It's like a really good rotational edge rusher in the NFL. I definitely think, like, from a Charlotte sports perspective, F.A. Obata is one of the best origin stories we've seen here. Uh, 704 number also saying uh, Kurt Warner is another good one there. Uh, itty bitty fitty. Earlier we were talking about this, and you had a you had a submission or two. What do you have for the best origin stories in sports? So the one I threw out, uh, Met fandom, of course, R.A. Dickey. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't know his story, he was a guy who got abused by his uncle as a minor. Mm -hmm. And then... Made his way in baseball, 
throwing a pitch, just throwing the knuckleball. And if, I, I believe he won the Cy Young or he was is. a Cy Young yeah. finalist. Is R.A. Dickey the last great knuckleballer? It was either him or, yeah, because he was after Wakefield. Yeah, and it, and it sucks. Like I felt like every generation had at least one great knuckleballer, right? And I, I people are going to mention Necro, but like Tom Candiotti. And then that begat Tim Wakefield. And then that begat R.A. Dickey. I feel like, I mean, I know the, the kid Wright who would pitch for Boston and Pittsburgh for a couple of years, like, but he's never been like great. Who's going to pick up the, the knuckleball mantle? Well, have you ever tried, like in your backyard, have you ever tried to throw a knuckleball? Uh, yes. It's, it, it's extremely hard it, just to grip the ball. It doesn't work. And I have, I have because I have significant meaty hands enough to do it, it, there's a level of coordination in your hands that I also don't have. It's equal parts. You have to have big enough mitts to grab it the right way, and then you have to be able to actually have, I almost said finger intelligence, which would be really not the great phrasing to use for that. But yeah, no, it, like I, I tried for a really long time. Because my dad loved uh, knuckleballers growing up. Mm -hmm. My dad could give you the definitive history of knuckleballers since the man was born in 1962. And so I had, I, and he had, he had a great catcher's mitt. We used to go outside and I'd try for hours. I could throw the thing in a straight line. I could throw a great slider. I could in no way ever throw. Curveball, decent. Could ne I never mastered it. Ten years of trying, never mastered the knuckleball. Some local ones also popped back into my head. I think Steph Curry's origin story, uh, from from overlooked, you know, skinny sharpshooter to now the the greatest shooter of all time. Um, Jake Delhomme's origin story, how he got to the rise at the top of playing quarterback position at the highest level in the NFL. NFL Europe, baby, and not just that, but like this. It's the funny thing about Jake Delhomme's story is he was with the Saints for like four years on their practice squad or as like the third quarterback. And their quarterbacks were like a broken down Jeff Blake. It was before Aaron Brooks landed there. Like, it's not as if they had like a, it wasn't It wasn't Peyton Manning in his prime. Hell, it wasn't even Arch Manning in his prime or Archie Manning. What's the, what's the original Manning? Why am I blanking on that? It is Arch. It's Archie Manning, right? Good God, what's going on in my brain right now? I know I looked at Hacksaw as if Hacksaw was going to save the show there. But yeah, this wasn't uh, Roger Staubach or Troy Aikman. And the Saints never gave him a chance only for him to then go to, Char or to, to Carolina and early in his first year there have the kind of success and become for until Cam the, the greatest quarterback in Carolina Panthers history. <laughs> Copeland saying digital fluency. I like that. That sounds like a very good way of saying that you have smart fingers. Uh, Doug Flutie's another great origin story. Uh, and you kind of have to encapsulate like the great origin story with uh, with Doug Flutie because you know it was the Catholic versus convicts thing, and it was Boston College was not a great school. It just it just was not a great school for football and he kind of elevated them to places they hadn't been in a hot minute there. Uh Pfeiffer 12 saying uh Steve Smith origin story. That's fair. A kid from LA. So continue to send those in again. Uh we have we are asking for the best origin stories in sports as I shared my origin stories. On the day we're wrapping up the Nick Wilson arc in Charlotte, we're asking for the best origin stories in sports because I led the show with my Charlotte origin stories. In the meantime, uh, this has been going around. I know, I think it was Newsday or one of those cr 
crappy New York papers had this. The story that uh, that there's a strong link between pineapples and swingers. Now, I happen to have on the show today the definitive swinger expert in Charlotte that isn't a swinger. Hacksaw used to actually work at a swingers club in Charlotte. So can you explain to the people the link between pineapple and swingers? Well, after doing some research here, Nick. Uh, <laughs> some three or four years working in a yeah. club research, watching some things Apparently research. Apparently the upside down pineapple on a shirt uh -huh. means you're willing to party, willing to swing. And uh, if you wear that, you might get a, you know, mixed uh, mixed looks because the uh People think that you're uh, your explanation a of this is awesome. <laughs> uh, you might get some uh, mixed looks. What so, are mixed looks? Uh, well, uh, so are you ready? <laughs> That's basically the looks you get. All right. So um, can somebody? Because if I ask you, I feel like you you might spontaneously combust. No. Why is the pineapple upside down? What does pineapple represent? That then? Because I I tried to look at this before the show, and. Uh, and and I I can't figure out why why is the pineapple got to be upside down, like pineapple pretty underrepresented in the uh, iconography market. There's not a lot of people claiming like a lot of people claiming the fish, a lot of people claiming the rainbow, not a lot of people claiming uh, the pineapple. So why is the pineapple got to be upside down? Maybe it looks like a certain part of the anatomy. <laughs> I. I don't want to ask what part, <laughs> but what part do you think that you can say on air? Do you think pineapple and upside down pineapple same, looks like the same as an eggplant? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna have to turn. I'm gonna have to go to the Eric's Teeter here in a little bit, and I'm gonna have to turn it, turn a uh, pineapple upside down and really look at it. I feel yeah. like this might just have been a Rorschach test moment with you, where it's maybe that's what Axel sees. <laughs> It hey, <laughs> hey, look, it's uh, it's a doorknob. Yeah, that's the uh, same thing as an eggplant emoji. So is that a coincidence then that on Hawaiian Shirt Friday, <laughs> your shirt has a bunch of upside down pineapples on it? Yeah, um, I'm regretting this decision now. <laughs> if you ever wore that to the swingers club mm -hmm. that you worked as a DJ, you might have never left. You might still be there. In in the, in in the mess. Oh, Hacksaw would have never been born. It would have just been Hacksaw the DJ for the rest of his life. <laughs> all and, right, all you cool and, cats, get down Here's there. the thing: you'd never leave the orgy long enough, so you'd lose like a hundred pounds as well. You'd be emaciated, Hacksaw. <laughs> Because you'd just be so happy with the upside down pineapple. You're, you know, like if you eat a lot of uh, carrots, your skin turns jaundice. You just, the only thing you would eat is pineapple. Yeah. You'd just be like, and then and no longer would you be hacksaw. It'd be pineapple Steve. Pineapple Steve here for another Back to the pile. Why am I a pirate? I Because it's Pineapple Steve. That doesn't mean anything. 704 number saying, oh no, I have a pineapple Hawaiian shirt my daughter picked out for me, and there's some upside down. You say, you say, oh no. You could be saying, oh yeah. I don't know that I would automatically jump to an oh no on that one, Kevin from Waxaw. <laughs> I can't read that. Uh, 704 saying, so that's where pineapple upside cake. 
pineapple upside down cake came from. That's, that's what swingers. <laughs> That'd actually be really funny if swingers, like, they just had one theme and it was pineapple. As I was like, all right, go ahead and get some uh, pineapple upside down cake. And then right to the next to that, it's pineapple punch. And then it's just everything is pineapple in the swinger community. Matt and, Matt and Zero saying, wow, had no idea. The swim trunks my wife bought me this year is covered with pineapples. Is that a subtle hint? It's okay, as long as they're not upside down pineapples. Okay, but, that's I mean, what we have to remember here. I, he said some of them are upside down, I'm sure. Oh, well. Mm. Interesting. We might have a Matt and Zero swinger origin story to share. Uh, Trevor Sikama of the Draft Exchange podcast joins us next. We'll ask him if he likes upside down pineapples. We'll probably also talk sports in the final, or sorry, the second rendition of the Hack Song of the Week next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ.